first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And now also on YouTube, we are trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by 2022. That's 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube page by New Year's. Uh, we need, I need your help. I, I really do. Um, I, I say this at the beginning of every show, but like, if we're going to get there, you got to do it. If you're listening to the show now or watching on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. Uh, we post a new sh- it's a new episode every day of the week. It's the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. Uh, and, and the YouTube channel is a lot of fun. So um, so check it out. If you're a podcast listener, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. If, like I said, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and smash that button. I would truly appreciate it. In today's show, we are going to talk about the Blazers' loss to the Warriors. They lose 104-94 in Chase Center. Um they were they were maybe in danger of Steph Curry hitting an NBA record number of threes and running it up on them. They didn't get it. They didn't get run up on, but they still lost. Uh, we're also going to talk a little about uh, Damian Lord. There's an update on his health. He could play as soon as Sunday when the Blazers are next in action against the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Moda Center. Plus, he reaffirmed his commitment to the team, like he seemingly does once a month nowadays. But he did it again, and uh, we'll, I'll let you hear from the man himself during some uh, semi turbulent times here in Rip City. Straight up turbulent times here in rip city uh and then we'll want to close the show just talking about kind of where the blazers are looking ahead four game four game homestand um and kind of what's the deal with this group um particularly if dame's going to be available like where should where should expectations be set where should expectations where where what are we looking for from this team um kind of with with the reality of where they're at um, as as a group but we got to do it we got to do what we do this time the fastest recap in the West. The Blazers lose 104-94 in a game where Damian Lillard did not play, CJ McCollum did not play, Anthony Simons did not play, and Cody Zeller did not play. You know who did? Nazir Little, who returned to the starting lineup alongside Dennis Smith Jr., Norman Powell, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic. And the Blazers were in this game for um, most of most of two and a half quarters. Uh, they were down 26-23 after one, but Nazir Little started hot. Boy, he had 10 points in the first quarter, made all three of his, his shots, including a three-pointer, but three of seven at the free throw line. I think the big number there is took seven free throws in the first quarter. He was just attacking the rim, being a crazy athlete, had a wild block in the, in, in the first half of this one where he, uh, where he met Wiggins at the summit. Like it's, um, he's dude is, it was, it was good to, good to see Nas back and balling. Uh, Blazers stayed in, in the second quarter. Uh, they were down two at the half, at the half, 47, 45 at the break. Nazir Little 18 and six in the first half, but here's the bad news with eight minutes and 41 seconds left in the third quarter. Nazir Little left the game for good with what the team called a left leg cramp. Uh, he had missed a couple games, you know, cramping, trying to come back into, um, you know, playing NBA basketball. Plus he played the, the he played the whole first quarter and then the first three minutes of the second quarter. He played basically uh, just shy of 15 minutes uh, to start the game. Played 14 minutes and 40 seconds to begin the game. Um, that's too met. That's too many consecutive minutes for most folks. Like you just sub, um, and then he goes out with a, a left leg cramp. Uh, and the, in the third quarter where the Warriors um, typically kind of run off on teams, the Blazers didn't let them run away, but they did lose a little contact. They were down 76-66 after three. Blazers did a good job of mucking up this game and keeping it ugly, um, but they just kind of ran out of firepower. In the fourth quarter, they never got closer than eight. They did have the ball down eight twice um, with with just over two minutes and then just over 90 seconds left, um, and they missed 
They missed two shots that would have done it. Norman Powell missed a pull-up from the mid-range. Robert Covington missed a three kind of in transition. But that Robert Covington three was just like they needed to, they needed to score because they, they were in scramble mode because they had missed on the previous possession. Uh, never got closer than eight down the stretch, and they lose 104-94. That's your fastest recap in the West. It was... A, you know, a legitimately awesome night from uh, from Nas. 18-6. He had 5 of 8 shooting. Um, 2 of 4 from 3. 6 of 10 from the free throw line. He took 10 free throws in 26 minutes. Like, if Nas is someone who's a high free throw attempt guy, like, he, he tacks and gets downhill and uses that athleticism to get shots. Um, you know, he's an 80% free throw shooter. So, typically, he makes two more two more than he did tonight. That's 20 points in 26 minutes. That... That's a weapon. Um, he's not going to shoot 10 free throws every night, but that's a weapon. Uh, Nas, like, legitimately was like, when he came back in, you're like, oh, yeah, this Blazers team does have some sort of talent waiting in the wings. They are missing a bunch of their good players. Like, you know, uh, three of their four best offensive players had sat out the previous game, plus Nazir Little, who's, like, one of their in really important contributors um, and and maybe their best athlete. Uh, probably just straight up their best athlete. I don't know why I maybe that one. Their best athlete. Uh Norm Powell led the Blazers 26 points, but one of seven from three just couldn't get it going from deep. In general, the Blazers uh, did not shoot well from deep. Eight, eight of 30, 27%. Uh, 12 and 13 with six dimes and Yusuf Nurkic. Dennis Smith Jr. had 12, six boards and five assists and a steal on two blocks. Dennis Smith Jr. everywhere. Ben McLemore, 12 points off the bench. Uh, Larry Nance played uh, 23 minutes. I thought he, he um, you know, gave him a small ball look and kind of helped them, like I said, muck up the game and keep it ugly. Um, but this, you know, Nance just without Dame and CJ to play off of has not had those uh, offensive impacts. Like he is a guy, he's a complimentary part. He needs high level players to kind of unlock him and when he's your you know when he's a fulcrum and you don't have a lot of creators and he has to play next to Nurk like it's just a bad spot for him I'm not making excuses as more just explanation like he's he he has limitations and they're exposed when um when he's not out there with you know elite shot creators to run pick and roll and dribble handoffs with on the other side Steph Curry uh 22 points to lead uh the Warriors who also got 20 from Jordan Poole and uh 14 from Andrew Wiggins Draymond Green with a fun Draymond Green night five points eight ten boards eight assists uh Otto Porter Jr. had 15 off the bench and hit four three-pointers Steph Curry needed 16 threes to come into this game uh the record for made threes in a game is 14 and prior to the game Steph Curry's like maybe maybe I'll go for it um some people saw that as like showboating or maybe like not showboating but kind of like showing up the opponent Steph Curry's pretty confident I don't I don't think he was that was unique to the trailblazers um he just he He's the only dude in the league that really might hit 16 in a game. Um, but he finished 6 of 17 from 3. He he struggled early, um, missed some makeable ones. Um, and the Blazers did a good job of at least being, you know, not like locking him up or whatever. He just, he, um, but like making it a little hard on him. I thought Dennis Smith Jr. did a nice job. I thought their switching uh, was pretty good. I thought the sort of the norm Dennis Smith Jr. combo um, gave, the, gave the Blazers kind of the the athletes and the strength and the sort of stick that they need without getting other guys uh, wildly out of position. But the Blazers lose this game just because this was a talent game. Um, talk about this more to close the show, but like I came away from the game against the Clippers thinking like, Hey, you know, the, you know, the Blazers played pretty well. Cool. Cool. Uh, I came away from this one. Like, 
man, this team, this team needs more talent. Like it's like they're obviously they're missing their two best players and Ant, who's you know probably their fourth best offensive player, and and on some nights their best offensive player, like capable of being their best offensive player. They're missing those folks, um, and um, I, I think we've reached a point where like. You know, they, they didn't play hard in previous two games and got walloped. And so, like, seeing them play hard against the Clippers was kind of heartening because it's like, okay, these guys aren't quitters. Um, I think we're beyond the play hard being like a being like a bar to clear it's a requisite for being a team that can like takes itself seriously uh this was a game where they where many thought they were going to get boat race like they covered right they were they were 14 point dogs uh 14 and a half point underdogs so they got closer than the prognosticators uh at betonline.ag believed they would be but um that's not the bar. The bar is to win and be competitive. Like that's the best team in the NBA. And in the second half, the Blazers were not close. The you know down ten at the end of the third quarter and never like never threatened. And never threatened is like you know they also didn't go away and like get put to bed early. But um, the like you know this team still should fancy itself a playoff type team. And like the bar needs to be higher than um, than didn't get blown out didn't let, didn't let someone set an, the all-time record for made three-pointers um you know preserved ray allen's all-time three-point record is not like um don't hang the banner as my friend eric gunderson joked um <laughs> you do not hang the you do not hang the don't let steph make history banner you like they could use some w's and i came away from this game being like okay no more moral victories we'll talk about that a little bit more to close the show what i want to talk about in the second segment though is damon lord we got an update he might play according to yahoo sports uh, chris haynes of yahoo sports damon lord might play as early as sunday um he was set to get reevaluated on Friday when they first announced the um, this injury. We kind of had pinpointed that these three days off uh, the Blazers have here Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is like was a get right time, like physically. Um, so it sounds like there sounds like it's going to happen. Dame's going to come in, uh, like come back, could come back at the early part of his earliest part of his timeline. So let's talk about what that means, and then also. Damon Lord re, re, reaffirmed his commitment to the team as he sort of always seemingly has to do. But I think considering the news of the last couple days, it's worth revisiting why he might say that and what it means. So let's talk all about Dame in the second segment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Shopify. Uh, if you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. It's a subscription-based software that allows anyone to set up an online store and sell products. Plus, Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify's point-of-sale app and accompanying hardware that goes with it. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed so scaling your business becomes a journey of endless possibility and shopify helps make your entrepreneurial dreams come true shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale so you can reach customers online across social networks plus they got an ever-growing suite of channel and channel integrations and apps so you can find folks who are on facebook who are on instagram who are on tiktok who are on pinterest and whatever social channels you want to reach them 
Find customers where they are with Shopify and gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting and conversion rates so you can know your profit margins and everything else you'd want to know as your business gets bigger or your business gets better. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA. That's all lowercase locked on MBA for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on MBA. NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by True Bill. It's the new app that the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, you don't want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with True Bill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. So True Bill is here to make it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts with True and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your True Bill concierge is there when you need to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. You're paying for a service. They make it super simple. And if it's not super simple, you're literally paying for someone to do it. So it stays super simple no matter what. Truebill has over 2 million users users and has helped them save up over $100 million in total. I use Truebill like, you know, I I went to uh, truebill.com slash locked on MBA and I signed up for uh, the free trial. All right. And I... Uh, checked out my subscriptions real quick. I was just like, hey, what do I have? Got my eyeballs on what I have. It took me 10 minutes from the time I downloaded the app to the time that I was looking right at my subscriptions on my phone. It's super quick and super easy. So don't fall for those subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash MBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash MBA. It can save you thousands a year. That's truebill.com slash MBA. All right. Still a pass first point guard. Actually, we don't do that here. I don't, I'm don't. i jumping into the third segment. We're only in the second segment. All right. We talked fastest recap of the West. We talked the Blazers' 104-94 win over the Golden State Warriors. And I got my branding a little bit confused coming back from that. But that's okay, y'all. That's a me problem, not a you problem. Here's what you need to know. Damian Lord might play as soon as Sunday, according to a report from Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Damon Lillard received a cortisone shot last week um, to alleviate some of the pain in his abdominal issue. It's This isn't surgery. This isn't a fix. This is basically a painkiller. Um, he was playing through a lot of pain, and he looked like it. Uh, the last game he played, he looked terrible. I called it his worst game of the year, um, and he just looked awful. He was his really, particularly on defense, he looked really, really bad. Um, and apparently, reportedly, that's... A great deal of that was just his his abdomen is screwed up. Like his core is just jacked. Um, and so this cortisone shot is going to alleviate some of that pain. So hopefully he can play through it. Dame has dealt with his injury on and off for um, three or four years. It typically flares up at the beginning of the season. And then he just kind of pl- pay, plays through it. I would assume that means that he has gotten cortisone shots in the past and kind of kept it moving. Um, so... You know, I don't know that. I'm just guessing like if he's dealt with it before and kind of just played through it or maybe he's, you know, found ways to maybe it hasn't flared up this bad in the past. But like this isn't um, this is not a new injury. Um, This is like a thing. And he's been open about this. He's been open about it years ago that it's something that has uh, kind of flared up on him. This is the worst version of it. It's one of the problems with getting older is that stuff hurts more. Um, 
But it sounds like he's going to, with this sort of pain alleviated, give a give a shot to play. Um, and the Blazers, they have a couple days off. Like I said, they they they're off Thursday, they're off Friday, they're off Saturday, and they play again Sunday evening against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the beginning of a four-game homestand. Uh, and it's and according to Haynes, Dame could return as early as Sunday. Uh, my read on that report is that that is a way of saying Dame is going to play on Sunday unless something bad goes go happens, like between now and then. Um, so that's that's good news, right? The other Dame news is that he was he spoke today at shoot-around, and Dame Lillard did not need to speak today at shoot-around. Um, when you're injured and you haven't returned to practice, the CBA rules do not stipulate that you need to speak to the media, but Dame Lillard spoke to the media because he wanted to get some stuff off his chest. If you have listened to the last two podcasts here, or if you just read the news and maybe you're checking out the podcast now, go subscribe on YouTube, 2000 by 2022, need your help. Um you know, the Dame's kind of been beefing with the national media over the last couple days. First, it was The Athletic with um, Shams Tarania and Sam Amick and a report that he kind of had, um, he was frustrated with how he was being utilized in Chauncey Billups' offense. And then a report from Adrian Wojnarowski that suggested that um, Damon Lillard was, you know, uh, kind of leveraging his power behind the scenes to get a uh, $100 million extension and that that was... Um, not the other people who were trying to get the GM job for the Blazers, um, you know, going to become the permanent GM were not interested in that and would rather, they would rather trade Damian Lillard now than extend him, uh, you know, add it two years on the end of his contract, which still has three years remaining on it. Um, and Damian Lillard, uh, openly beefed on the internet with, with both of those reports, um, including kind of, out and out saying that Woj got that information from departed GM Neil Olshay and um, that Dame was, quote, not surprised at all. Um, beef aside, if you want to hear a full breakdown of the beef, it's in your podcast feed. It's the podcast right before this. I spent 20 minutes talking about it. Um, but Dame spoke to media today and part of what he said was like, I plan to be here. I plan to be here. And I think that the sort of important thing to unpack is that like, the the spe the speculation wasn't that Dame's going to demand a trade. The speculation was that um, that that whoever might take over would prefer to tear it down than to move forward. But what Dame said was that he plans to be part of the solution. I want to play you that audio right now. This is courtesy of Jason Dumas from uh, KRON Five in San Francisco or Cron Five in San Francisco. Um, I think it's Cron. I'm going to go Cron Five in San Francisco. Uh, who? Uh, I asked him if I could use this audio. He shared it on Twitter and he, he gave me his blessing. So thank you so much, uh, Jason. We, we, we really appreciate it here on the Locked on Blazers podcast. Um, so here's what Dame had to say at shoot around on Wednesday morning. I'm not asking for a trade. You know, I, I don't know how many times I got to say it. People, it's gotten to the point in this, this era that People can write stories and say things, and I heard this and I heard that, and because of who they are, people take it as like, this is credible, you know what I mean? This is this is probably true. And I, and me on the other hand, I don't feel like I have to defend myself against that and come out and challenge everything that people say until I'm asked about it because I know the truth, you know what I mean? I, I sit in the office with Chauncey every day, you know, and we trying to find solutions. And I'm dealing with these people every day that I walk in our practice facility trying to find solutions. So why would I be a part of trying to find solutions if I'm like planning on an exit? You know what I'm saying? That's not what's going on. But people want that so bad and it's a good story and good things to talk about. And they know people are going to entertain it so they continue with it. But my intentions are to be in Portland 
and to figure it out, you know. And that's as far as I know, that's all of our intentions. And I also know that people are gonna continue to have these same conversations because it's fun to talk about. But you know, that shit is not—it's not accurate. So I mean, they can keep talking about it all they want, and I'm gonna keep saying the same thing. People say, you know, old sources or a person close in his camp. And when you say close in my camp, you know, I'm gonna know exactly the select few people that you're talking about because, <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people and I have conversations with a lot of people, but, you know, I'm not a fool. And I don't say nothing behind closed doors about anybody that I wouldn't say publicly or to their face. And also, the people that's close in my camp, when I talk to them, they wouldn't be close in my camp if I felt like, you know, they would be talking to these people that I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? So, Dame's, Dame's in the office every day, as he says. Uh, you know, Dame's talking with Chauncey Billups every day and planning to be part of the solution. He's not going to demand a trade. I think that part's a little bit, over, like, that's the juicy part. Like, I plan to be here, like, or I, I'm not going to request a trade. That wasn't really the reporting, to be clear. Like, Dame... Um, you know, he said this ad nauseum, basically, you know, every chance he gets, like, I plan to be here. I plan to be here. He said it at, um, he said at media day and I did a whole podcast about how he's two feet in and fully committed. Um, and, and I think, um, the read on like him kind of him and his people being, uh, um, pretty down on Neil Olshay and, and a pretty, um, uh, pointed in their criticism of Neil Olshay on, 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 uh, social media yesterday suggests that Damon Lord, like Neil Olshay being gone is doesn't is not a bad thing for Dame, right? Like the, <laughs> um, if anything, my read on that situation is that he would be maybe feel a little more clarity, right? Like maybe feel like, okay, cool. Well, we can move forward. Um, and I can move forward without this kind of, without this in the background, um, or without whatever the, whatever his relationship had been, had deteriorated to with Neil. Um, that's my read just on tweets. I'm not uh, reporting anything that you haven't heard. Uh, but I could read the tea leaves. I'm pretty good at tea leaves. I'm a, I'm, I'm a real divination type guy. <laughs> um, shout out to my Harry Potter heads. But like, I think the thing here that, that I hear more from Dame, like the, it's not the trade stuff. It's the, I'm in the, I want to be part of the solution. I'm in Chauncey Billups's office every day. And I think that's the, that to me, that's the bigger takeaway here is that he's sitting down with his coach and it's like, yo, Let's figure this out together. We stink right now, and it's not going how I want it to go. You know, Dame is having his worst season since his rookie year, his worst season in um, a decade, basically. So, like, he knows he needs to figure it out. It's not, it's not lost on him. He's not. He's pretty smart. Like, he, he knows that part of the struggles are just his struggles, um, and he wants, like I said, part. Of, he wants to be part of the solution. I think one of the things is that part of the solution might include trades and you would you can imagine just the way that any star would have say and the way that dames had say in the past that regardless of who might make those trades and who might make roster decisions dame will have a say chauncey billups said in a pre in a press conference earlier this week that he hopes to have some input if there are roster moves on what that might look like like the the principal figures dame and and chauncey as you'd expect want to shape this roster into be something better than it is so far because right this so far this year hasn't been super good. So they want it to be better. Like it's been, they're 11 and 15. They are what they are. Um, so, you know, some, some better health, some, some sort of better plan and Dame returns and you feel like it'll, they'll get there. But it's another reaffirmation of Dame's allegiance to the city. Like I said, I think the reporting was more about a GM wanting to trade Dame than Dame asking out. He's responding to something that I think is not necessarily being reported, but he's, he, 
Dame, props to him because during all of this unsettled time, he could send out some cryptic tweets and some cryptic Instagram posts, which he certainly did. But like he could also, um, what he chose to do was just go ahead and say, here's where I'm at. Speak to reporters. I played you two minutes of that audio. He spoke for um, the, the videos I watched. I was not there, full disclosure, which is why I asked someone for permission to use the audio because um, journalists on the ground doing the job is how you get the information. You need local reporters to get this. It's how the ecosystem works. Again, so shout out to Jason Dumas. Um, but like, you know, he, he went and spoke to reporters and said, here's where I'm at. What's up? Like this is this is where I'm at. Um, I, I kind of think he was addressing something that didn't exist necessarily, but he was he he knows the situation is a little unsettled, a little murky around him, and he wanted to set the record straight, and he wanted to put his name on it. Something that he takes um, he takes pride in being a guy who stands and answers the questions, and and you know um, he doesn't always you know he's not going to address every rumor, but when it comes to when it comes time to talk. Dame is there to say what needs to be said. So uh, respect that is he dude is an absolute pro. And I've, like I said, I've, I've never worked with a star in my six, seven years around the league. I've never experienced the Blazers without Dame, but like he is as good as it gets when it comes to stuff like that. So um, uh, respect to Damien Lamont, Ollie Lillard senior. Cause um, he, he, he has earned the respect. He has earned the respect from people like me, from me, people who are, you know, have a lot of transactional relationships, looking for quotes, looking for info from these people. And Dame stands and delivers and speaks earnestly and honestly. So um, I'm glad he did it again today and, and put his name on it and kind of set the record straight, even though he was maybe a little confused about what the record was saying. Uh, before we come back in the third segment, I want to talk about kind of where the Blazers are at. They're 11 15, they're 1 11 on the road, they're coming back for four home games. Um, my sort of what I felt coming away from this Warriors game and looking ahead uh, to four home games next week uh, as the Blazers head into uh, head towards the new year and head creep a little closer towards the halfway mark of the season. You know, like 26 games in, but they're they're creeping. They'll be at the 30 game mark uh, by this the this time or by the end of next week. So that's what we'll do in the third segment. Before we do that, I want to tell you about stance. Um, there's a lot of ad copy that they sent us that suggests that I should talk about how I heard about Stance and how I think they're cool or I got them as a gift. And all of that is true. But also like 80% of my socks are Stance and I've been wearing Stance socks for like a decade. Um, so I don't need to, um, I don't need to BS this one. I'm just as someone who wears Stan socks. Um, I first heard about them because they had cool NBA prints on them. In fact, I own uh, Stan socks with James Worthy and Pete Maravich and Bill Walton and Clyde Drexler all all printed on them like cool NBA socks. But I also own socks. They're just they're comfy. So after I was like, I want cool basketball socks because I'm a big basketball dork. Um, I just started getting the socks because they're really comfortable. Uh cool, cool, uh, prints and designs, but also just like feel good on your feet. And since I've started wearing them, this is a company that launched in 2009. I think I was in on the ground floor shortly thereafter in 09. Um, like they've now they make all types of products, just like clothes you can wear and underwear and athletic socks before it was just kind of like performance clothes or performance socks and performance clothes. Like their stance has, um, has really expanded and it's a product I legitimately really enjoy. So stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in that those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself, register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code locked on at checkout to apply and Enjoy the color and comfort of life less ordinary with Stance. Stance. 
Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. This time I got my branding right. We talked Blazers loss in Golden State. We talked to the Damian Lord update. Sounds like he's going to try to play Sunday, and I, I'm, I'm going to bet that he will. Um, but I came away from that Warriors game thinking about two things. One, it'd be good to see Damian Lord back in the lineup on Sunday. And two, I'm kind of over moral victories for this team. I came away from the Clippers game um, on Monday evening and I said, good. That was a good step in the right direction. They played tough. They were in the game for 45 minutes. And then in the three, basically a three-minute mark of the fourth quarter, uh, the Clippers had Paul George and the Blazers didn't have someone on Paul George's level. The NBA kind of works like that sometimes. But but the bar was so low after the Blazers' two blowout home losses that that game against the Clippers, I was willing to say, good job. Good job, fellas. Um, like you played hard and you didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't bail out and you were really shorthanded against the Clippers and you didn't, um, you know, you didn't jump out the canoe, uh, stayed in it through the rapids. Um, so like I was, I was, I gave him props. Like if you listen to the show, like I, I was, I'm not like, I'm not lying to you. I, I legitimately said like, Hey, good effort. Good effort. Good job. Good effort. If y'all are old enough to remember the good job, good effort kid. Uh, If you're not, you're like in the third grade. Uh, But I was the good job, good effort kid. I came away from the Warriors game with the opposite feeling. It was much more, I felt much more down, kind of much more depressing because it was like the Blazers played well. You know, didn't didn't let the Warriors, who are owners of the second best offense in the league and the best defense league, didn't let them run off on them. Didn't let them just like um, turn the game into a track meet or um, let Steph Curry go nuts or Jordan Poole go nuts or you know um, or Andrew Wiggins just kind of like take advantage of his athleticism or or all of the things that can happen um, if the Warriors get rolling. They they're good. They're the best team in the NBA probably. Um, close. Shout out to the Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks, but. Um, they're one of the very good teams, and like this could have been a blowout. And I think there is something to be said for being competitive, but there's also something to be said for like once they were down ten entering the fourth, they did not pose a threat, and they did not pose a threat because they just don't have they don't have the guns right now. Um, their three best offensive creators, like the dudes who are best at individual offense, Dame, CJ, and Ant didn't play, and it was incredibly apparent. They just don't have creative. They don't have the offensive creators. They don't have the ball handlers. They don't have the guys who can go get their own shot. Norman Powell's a really good offensive player, but he is not a sort of like run 82 pick and rolls in a game and and get everyone involved or even like go get his crazy offense like it's just not what norm's skill set is he's a second side attacker he's like a he's if the defense has a has a crack in it or if someone else creates an advantage norm is a great catch and shoot shooter and he's a great like attacking against an unset defense or an unbalanced defense or a scrambling defense he's super aggressive and puts his head down like i y'all know i like norm um i like him a lot one of my favorite players in the league um but like he's not he's not a like a he's not a uh top option offensive creator. It's just not a skill set. Um that's it, it, that's how the puzzle pieces work. Uh the Blazers were missing that. And I think like they've reached a point where like I'm watching them I'm watching them kind of be this offense kind of be ugly. You know, they scored 90 and 94 points in back-to-back games. Uh, under 100 points for the in in consecutive games for the first time all season. They just don't have the offensive firepower to hang. That's a health problem, but like the games still keep coming. And while I came away from the Clippers game thinking like, good job, good effort. I came away from Warriors game and was like, okay, no more moral victories. No more of those. Um, if the, if, you know, particularly, you know, Dame affirming he's all in and wants to be part of the solution. Well, it's time to get to solving. 
you know, this, this Blazers team is 11 and 15. They're not out of it. Like if you just look at the standings, like it's not over for them, but you can't, you know, you can't rely on them just like ripping off a whole bunch of games. Um, they're, they got to go ahead and get to winning. Um, this was supposed to, you know, December is a home heavy month and the Blazers have spoiled a, a good portion of that 25% of that home heavy month so far. Um, you know, they're in, they're in 11th place. They're, they're also two and a half games out of sixth. Like it's, like I said, they're not, it's, it's not, they're not out of it. Um, so I'm not like, it's not over for them, but like if, if you're going to get going, there's no more moral victories, no more feeling good about losses, feeling good about effort. Like the effort stuff has to just be there. You have to play hard. Done. I don't like the Chauncey Bobs has questioned the team's heart and effort and, and sort of compete level three times this season in public. That's bad news. You do not want a first year head coach who's doing that. Um, you can, you know, make, draw your own conclusions, whether it's like appropriate for a coach to do that as a journalist. I love that shit. <laughs> Please keep doing it. Um, like it's, it's, inc- it's incredible content and the honesty and candidness is, I, I truly appreciate. I can understand from other perspectives why maybe you wouldn't want him to do that and I totally get it but like the compete stuff can't come up again the competitive stuff can't come up again they just have to play hard they need to buy they need to buy into the plan and go ahead and play hard they're not going to be a good defensive team this year I'm okay with saying that I I thought they were going to be slightly above average now I think they've got to dig themselves out from truly terrible um some of that is just effort stuff to get away from truly terrible, but there's no more moral victories. There's no more feeling good about a 10 point loss to a, to a good team on the road. They need to start playing like a good team. They need to rip off some wins and play like a good team. And coming up beginning Sunday, when Damian Lord might return, they play four home games against quality competition. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves who are right ahead. The Blazers in the standings, they got walloped tonight by the Utah jazz lost by 30. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, who are one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, they're 20 and four. As I record this uh, half game behind the world, Warriors. Uh, then second night of a back-to-back to play Memphis, um, who may or may not have John Morant. Uh, he was missing time with an injury. The Grizzlies like don't disclose injuries, so it's not a hundred percent clear what Jaw's dealing with. Um, but he also is now on the COVID list, so he's um, could be out for as many as ten days. So it remains to be seen whether Jaw would be back for that game. It's but it's, that's like a full week away. So you would assume uh, he will be out of you know, health wise, he'll be out of the, uh, health and safety protocols. It's just like what w- the rest of his body is. He, is he going to be, um, if he, is he going to be good to go? But the second night of the back-to-back against a Memphis team, that's 14, 11, won five straight without, without jaw. And, um, that's, that's a good basketball team. Those are three good teams. And they close out the homestand against the Charlotte Hornets who have had their own, um, adventures with a COVID outbreak in within their organization, missing a bunch of their good players. But when they're full, when they're whole, that's a good team. That's a really competitive, really fun team. Like these are four home games against four good teams. Time to go win some damn games. Um, I don't think there's any other, like, I don't think we need to sugarcoat it or make it, make this anything. It's not like if the Blazers fancy themselves, a good team, or if they fancy themselves what I believe them to be at the beginning of the year, which is something like the sixth best team in the West. It's what I was what I kept saying they were going to finish. It's time to win some games. It's, if you're a playoff team, it's time to win some games. It's time to win games at home. That's what good teams do. No more moral victories. Uh, this was a couple, you know, two in a row, or you could say maybe some moral victories. I, the team is beyond that now. Um, 
if they you start slipping more, you don't. There's nothing to feel good about. You don't feel good about. Hey, they played hard. Who cares? They should have been playing hard. We're over that. We're, we've moved beyond it. Time to go win. And with four home games next week. Um, before a mini two-game road trip, it's time to go get some dubs. They need to go win some basketball games. They don't need to go 4-0 to like um, ple- to please this bloodthirsty podcaster, but they need to they need to at a minimum win two, and you'd like them to go three and one, straight up. Uh, three and one, they'll be fourteen and sixteen. That's not going to feel great, but like they need to um, they need to go win some basketball games. Uh, this is a week to do that. This is a week to throw out the moral victories, to throw out feeling good about um, to feel good about losses, or feel you know okay, or or kind of like find find some obvious built-in excuses. No more excuses. None of that. Kid gloves are off. Go win some basketball games. They desperately need it. Um, the the vibe, they're just for the vibes, they need it. And for the standings, they need it. It's time. It is time. We have reached that point in the season where um, growing pains or the nonsense about bad habits developed under the old coaching staff, throw that crap out. They need to go win some basketball games. This is the group they have for now. They need to go win it. Uh, big press conference tomorrow. Blazers are going to uh, have a press conference with Joe Cronin, Chauncey Billups, and the new president on the business side, uh, Dwayne Haskins. So, uh, we will have a show covering that. Um, depending on availability, Jason Quick might join, but we'll see what comes out of that. Um, but in any case, Joe Cronin's going to talk. That's a big deal. For, you know, his first time addressing the media since becoming the interim GM. Uh, Chauncey will be there to kind of help, you know, help to also sort of talk about the vision for what's next or for or what the current um, what they see as the current roster and sort of answer those questions. And um, Dwayne Haskins will be there to answer. I don't know, questions about the business side and taking over. Um, That's enough. The business stuff is like, the basketball part is what I'm interested in. Let me just say that. So uh, look for a show, Friday show. We will cover that press conference. Um, Not 100% sure in what manner, but I'm going to attend that press conference. So I will... um, I will tell you what you, what we learned and what to know. I'll bring you the good stuff. Um, and if it's good enough, I'll even, we'll, you know, I'll play the audio like I did here. So yeah, make sure you are checking that one out. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. 2,000 subscribers by New Year's. 2,000 subscribers by 2022. We can get there with your help. We're at about 1,400 and some change, maybe 1,500 by the time you listen to this. So if you haven't, if you're listening now, if you're at the back half of this episode, you made it this far, go subscribe to the YouTube channel right now. Do not wait. Do not wait. Don't do it later. Do it now. I would truly appreciate it. You can also find this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Also, just tell tell your friends to listen. Um, it's how people find out about podcasts is word of mouth. So if you enjoy the show and you have, fan, fr- you have friends who are fans of the Trailblazers, tell them to do the same. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>